Barbecue Central Show. This is a show where we talk about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling, originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital and social distancing capital of the North Coast. Let me try that again. The barbecue and social distancing capital of the North Coast. Greg Griffin. Cleveland, Ohio. Fucking A. I should just start right over from the beginning. Oh, forget it. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you here on your Tuesday. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, here's how you do that. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. On the Twitter and Instagrams at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter. By the way, if you want to sign up for that, you can head over to the main website. And towards the top right-ish, there's a thing that says sign up for the newsletter. So drop an email in and you'll get one that shows up right around noon Eastern time, letting you know what's happening on the show later that evening. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now, a recurring guest here on this show, successful business lady, also into cooking classes, a author, makes TV show appearances, the whole gamut. It is a hardcore carnivore, Jess Pryles, making her return to the show. 35 past the hour, we'll find fourth Tuesday of the month, regular segment guest. Derek Riches from DerekRiches.com, our bristly barbecue journalist, and we will talk to him about a number of topics, not the least of which is a further insight on that master-built gravity-fed cooker. However, plenty of other things to get into, like this beef and meat and protein in ge- meat in general shortage that could be showing up here in this country by the end of the business week. Uh-oh. If you haven't seen that all over the news, where are you getting your news at? Just troll the internet. It's all around. Plenty of reports talking about it. Tyson was the most recent big name that I've heard and seen on the television talking about their supply chain being disrupted and that there are hundreds of millions of pounds that will be shorted by the end of the week. What are your thoughts on that? We'll talk to Derek about that topic amongst other things and then we'll move to the second hour and because it is the fourth tuesday of the month you know what that means the embedded correspondence aka the malfeasance of the barbecue community the ne'er-do-wells of live fire will be joining me and we'll be talking about a number of topics and then in the second portion of the embedded correspondence segment month two 
of the Barbecue Central Show's version of American Idol. Man, these sound effects are not working. There we go. That's right. We're back for month two. John Solberg was eliminated last month. So it's me and Doug Scheiding and Jeff Reiser for your singing pleasure as the three of us are vying for the final two spots. And that final will take place in May where there will be a pre-recorded duet like they do on those shows. And then we'll also sing live our own songs, not original songs, but we'll sing live on the show our own songs as well. So that's what you have to look forward to here on this show. Backyard Barbecue Show already clawing his ears off in anxious anticipation of three songs coming out tonight. Now, I will say the saving grace, because I don't want to make everybody bleed through their ears in the second hour, I have put a time restriction of right around two minutes. So even though some folks sent me full-length songs... I did go ahead and uh, edit down. I haven't heard the songs. I just found where I thought the music was going to be editable and ducked it right from there. So uh, mine's right around two. Doug's right around two. Jeff Reiser, a little longer, uh, maybe around that 220 mark. So all around that same listening time frame, hoping that you can get a good uh, survey of how good our singing is. And then... I will beg of you that everybody has to vote over the course of the week and the uh, person will be eliminated a week from now. The least vote, least number of votes gotten, that singer will be eliminated. So there you go. Stay tuned for your second hour. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show dot com. Uh, follow me socially at BBQ Central Show, Instagram, Twitter. TikTok, Snapchat, slash BBQ Central Show Facebook, where you can also get a live version video of this show. First off, I need to correct something that I said last week, if you may, and maybe you don't recall. Ben Arnott from Smoking Hot Confessions was on last week to close the show. By the way, great segment, so if you missed it, go back and get it in podcast. However, during the conversation, he had mentioned that my to-be guest here in just a few short minutes, Jess Pryles, was a prized Australian export to here in the States, which I then informed him <laughs> that Jess was now a U.S. citizen. Well, it appears there is some question in that regard. So where do you go when you want to find if you are or are not something? Where do you go? Well, of course, you submit all of your paperwork and DNA and blood and everything that conspiracy theorists don't want to ever do, and you ship that on off to Maury Povich and get the results. That's where you do these test shows, right? So we go to Maury Povich with the answer. Andrew, you are not the father. Oh, dear. Well, it appears, Maury, I have I've made a critical error. Look, all kidding aside, I recalled reading the fact in an article. Well, it's not a fact. I recall reading an article in the Houston Chronicle. Uh, they did a piece on just, and it said, and perhaps these are or where the words get tricky, that 
she took the plunge and became a U.S. citizen. Uh, I guess I'm paraphrasing at this uh, at this point. But the words plunge and U.S. citizen were written down on paper within the Houston Chronicle on a piece that they wrote on Jess Pryor. And even though the words made it appear like she became a citizen, I did a little fact check. Now, you might ask yourself, who did you fact check with? Well, in fact, I did fact check with Jess Pryles herself, who told me as much that she indeed was not. Andrew, you are not an American citizen. She's not naturalized. She's not a U.S. citizen, you know, naturalized, as they say. Um, now, there is a date that is specific to today that we will talk about when she comes on here in a few minutes. But I do want to set the record stay, uh, straight because I said something completely false. And I almost doubled down on it because Ben was like, oh, I didn't really hear about that. I thought about reconfirming or digging in, but I didn't bother. And thank goodness I didn't. I don't know why. Maybe I thought uh, subconsciously that I was wrong already. I don't know. But I do want to apologize to Jess for saying that she was a U.S. citizen when she's actually not. This, of course, just another reason why I hate reading in general. Or perhaps maybe I should be reading more so my reading comprehension becomes much better. So I understand how people write. Not my fifth grade reading comprehension. Also, I do want to mention this separate. I got a message uh, from Emily Detweiler over KCBS. And as they're getting ready to celebrate National Barbecue Month, which is May coming up here in a few short days, they want to do it a little early. They want to celebrate a little early by offering a $100 discount on lifetime memberships. Individual lifetime memberships are typically 300 bucks or are normally 400 bucks. So the discounts get you one for 300 bucks. Family memberships, too. For $400, normally $500, the first 50 new annual members will get a copy of the KCBS Barbecue Society's cookbook. That's a $25 value. And these offers, of course, like everything else, are limited and won't last long. So visit the website kcbs.us and click on join slash renew to get your discount early for National Barbecue Month, which is May. Of course, it's our favorite month. Aside from brisket month and pork butt month and rib month, live fire month. I think today is National Prime Rib Day if I saw that somewhere. Every day has something. Tomorrow will be National Something Else Day that's not Prime Rib. Although Prime Rib could have two national days in a row as far as I'm concerned. Just Pryles coming up out of the break. I will talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers. The one-stop online shop for all things barbecue, a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies will get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. 13 perfectly balanced rubs and seasonings. They're simply my favorite. Sweet money, regular money, cattle prod, cash cow, double secret steak rub, Little Louis seasoned salt might be my all-time favorite. Little Louis and sweet money pretty much can go on anything. Now, aside from the rubs and seasonings, they do have sauce. They own Granny's Barbecue Sauce. So if you're looking for something a little different than what's already existing out there, if you are a little bored with all the stuff that's on the shelf, it's not tripping your trigger, might I suggest trying Granny's. Great all by itself, no doubt, but also a really good base sauce if you want to start mixing it up. 
You don't want to spend time creating a base. Let grannies be the base. You start to mess around from there. They're also selling the very best pellet charcoal and wood cookers available today. If you're looking for a cooker, a cooker that's easy to use, the Mac 2-Star General Pellet Grill is something you want to check out. Big Papa Smokers, the exclusive Mac dealer, even offer special packages. Not a fan of pellet smokers, that's fine. You can try the Old Hickory Ace BP, the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. If you're not sure of what grill you need, call them. Please, ask all the questions that you need to. 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop their website, bigpapasmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A smokers.com. Jess Pryles, the hardcore carnivore herself, coming up. Stick around. We'll be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Hey, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, and seasonings, barbecue sauces, grilling oils, all of Butcher Barbecue products tested on the competition circuit as well as backyards worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood and visit ButcherBBQ.com to stock up now. Always trust your butcher. All right, my first guest tonight, successful author, blogger, brand ambassador, appears on TV from time to time. Of course, the founder of the successful live fire brand, Hardcore Carnivore. Let's go ahead and race to the hotline. And welcome back, friend of the show, Jess Pryles. Hey, Jess. Howdy. How are you? I am absolutely fabulous. How's your corona life? <laughs> it's not bad because I get to stay at home and cook a bunch. Uh, I, I'm usually out on the road a fair bit, so this is a welcome change. I was going to say, aside from the desperate amount of travel that you're typically doing, it's probably a, right. a lot of the same, right? Testing recipes, getting things written down, posted on the website, all that good stuff. Yeah, and I mean, look, it you know, it, it's it's not a pleasant situation for anyone, but I, it's always nice to find a silver lining. And in this case, you know, people are, I think, using recipes more than ever. I'm getting amazing, like, messages from people, you know, oh, hey, I got your cookbook, or I, re- I tried your bacon recipe, or guess what, I followed your lamb recipe, it, it made my family really happy, and it's so nice to get that feedback. Usually, I guess we're so busy in our everyday lives, people just don't usually have time to send those sort of things. So that's really neat. No doubt about it. Jess Pryles joining me here on the show. Uh, HardcoreCarnivore.com, JessPryles.com. Also, Jess Pryles on a number of the social media handles as well. Uh, we're going to talk about this really cool live YouTube cook-along that you have coming up this Saturday in just a bit. But today is special for the folks that follow you on your social media. This is your fifth year immigration anniversary and in your facebook post earlier today you said that the past five years have been the most productive of your life so let me ask you this question do you think that if you would have stayed in australia would you then have achieved 
the same type of levels of success that you had having made the trek from Australia here to the States? Uh, I, I, you know, I don't think it would be quite on the same level. I mean, Australia is, it, it is, it's called the lucky country, you know, and there's always a great opportunity to make something of yourself there. And since I've left, there've been a couple of guys that have done pretty well for themselves as barbecue grew there, but it's nowhere on the scale it is here. So as far as Australia being the lucky country, this is definitely all the American dream that I'm living right here. And, uh, I, I I, de- I definitely think that I couldn't have done it without being here. So perhaps a crappy follow-up question. Is there one or two <laughs> uh, American memories that really stick with you as you look past the five years? I mean, certainly there's a lot of things happening, but are there one or two things that rise above? Yeah. You know, I remember meeting like Chris Lilly for the first time at, um, at the American Royal, and it was the year that it was at the Speedway. And, um, you know, I was just so honored to to you know, even meet him, even make his acquaintance. And now, you know, I just talked to him this week because we're both, um, you know, I guess stable mates at Kingsford now. So I get to call him, you know, not just a friend, but a colleague and, and to have had that. So, so little mind, reminders like that about how far you've come when you started the fangirl. And then it's like, oh, yeah, it's Crisco. No big deal. You know, I mean, of course, he's still a big deal. But <laughs> it's just got a little bit of a different uh, different vibe to it. But there's just, you know, there's so many little things. Like, I tried to look through photos today when I wrote that post. Like, the photo of me signing a book contract. The first time the signature smoker rolled into my yard. And to deal with Lone Star and just a hardcore carnivore, you know, to be able to be in so many people's houses right yeah. now and help them feed their families and feed themselves and just bring a little joy. Like that there's no one thing. Cause I, it nearly all becomes a blur when you look back, but I, I'm, there's not a moment that I'm not grateful for it, but it is all, it's not luck. It's hard work. You also referenced, and I quote the ever fluctuating accent. So let me ask you this. Has living in Texas made the Australian accent mostly evaporate? Or have you worked on attaining more of a, I guess for lack of a better term, Western style of speaking? A drawl. No, not a drawl, but but making the Australian accent like uh, go. uh, For instance, I had Ben Arnott on the show last week. I mean, he lives in Australia. He's got a very pronounced Australian accent. Uh, I've I've yeah. made Saffron Hodgson's uh, acquaintance a few different times. Very large Australian accent. So the myopic yeah. American would say, "Oh, somebody's from Australia. They got to have a fairly heavy Australian accent." But you don't necessarily. Ha- I don't hear you talk and go, "She must be from Australia." I was on the phone with my mom a minute ago. That's why I said, "Mom, not mom." And I'm nearly full Australian when I talk to her. And when you if you watch it on like lives or whatever, you'll see it's it's like still the number one thing that people are fascinated with commenting about. And it's just the most. It's just I've got a bipolar a- accent. That's just how it is. It started just as a need to be understood. Like I understood like certain words that Americans would just not have any clue what I was saying. So I'd adjust it. You know, instead of water, water. Right. And you start by those things that you know are going to be just easier to un- for you to be understood that way. And then, I don't know, it just depends who I'm talking to, you know? I think I've always had a... This, the official line on it is this. I've always had an ear for languages. Like, I can, you know, I speak French with a pretty decent accent. I speak Spanish with a reasonable accent. And 
I, I think this is just an extension of that, wanting to be understood, hearing the voices around you and sounding it back. So is it tough for you to make the hard R instead of the you know more traditional Australian style R? Yeah, and you know what the hardest is? I want to say like hardcore carnival all the time. <laughs> right. It's but- like literally my business name, I sometimes stumble through with hardcore carnivore. I feel like I'm eating my tongue sometimes. <laughs> Does it feel real to you? Which part? Like when you when, when you have to enunciate it a way that you're not necessarily comfortable saying it. Yeah, because it's weird because I see it as a, it, it is an American business and I see it as like hardcore carnivore. <laughs> I see it as hardcore carnivore, mate. Yeah. Get that carnivore into ya, you know, <laughs> as they would say in Australia. Hmm. Uh, Jess Priles is joining me here on the show. Hardcorecarnivore.com. Easy for me to say, right? Um, let's, t- let's talk about this cool I thing. I you. Uh, I mean, I do voice work. I have uh, quite an extensive setup here in the basement. Uh, everything that's cool in Cleveland right. happens in a basement. Uh, just ask anybody. So you have a really awesome thing going on this Saturday, and uh, I don't want to speak for you, but I would say that perhaps a catalyst or catapult was uh, a portion to something that you did this past weekend, which uh, I think was on Facebook. It was alive, and you had I don't man. It seemed like a pretty steady. 300, 350, maybe 400 live continuous viewers. And you said, you know what? I, I wonder. And you did like a, a poll right there in the audience that, hey, how many people do you think would actually want to cook along with me? We're doing a chat here. You're kind of seeing what I'm doing. But what about a, a start to finish? Is that what really brought this to a fruition? Yeah, I'd, I'd actually already thought of it before I did that last live, that the, la- the live that you're talking about was just kind of a you know, I go in, this is another, uh, you and I always end up talking about social media, but I feel like I go live on Instagram a lot and realized I hadn't done it on Facebook in a long time and went live on Facebook just to see what the reaction would be thinking like, if we get enough people and they seem engaged enough and not just leaving like rude troll comments, I think we should do a cook along live. And basically the idea for it is it's going to happen this Saturday and I published a list of, of I published the dish, a list of ingredients um, on my website at jessprowls.com slash cook with me. And so you can go out and get those ingredients for yourself. And I made it very, very simple so that even with all of the, um, you know, the limitations that we have here, I even put in some links for online uh, meat suppliers. You buy the stuff. You tune in at 5 o'clock Central, and basically we cook together. And I've never done anything like this before. It's going to be pretty chill. It's a different format. It's on YouTube. So if you are listening and want to join, make sure you head to my website to check out all the information. And just gratuitously, I guess, I've also partnered with some amazing companies like PK Grills and Thermoworks and this great brand out of Austin here called Barbecue Life that makes margaritas and Bloody Mary mix that uses um, smoked ingredients. Um, and they've all offered exclusive discounts on all of their products if you visit that site because that's what I'm going to be cooking on and drinking and all that kind of stuff. So the, the premise is this. It's free. If you don't have the money, if you don't want to spend the money, you can still tune in because it's free and you can make it as interactive or non-interactive as you would like. But it's just, it, it, I'm just super excited to see how many folks we can get kind of cooking along. 
What is your expectation? Uh, certainly, you want to have a good production. You want to make sure that the internet is good and people are seeing and, and, and your agenda is being driven. But how are you able to gauge how successful this is going to be? I mean, there's no set agenda just in, in that respect, but um, or there's no hidden agenda, rather. But I think it's interesting that you bring up production. Yes, I'll have good internet, but it's just going to be me on my cell phone. And, you know, that's one of the hallmarks of it being free. Yeah, right. But the nice part about us all being in the same boat here is the same as watching, you know, Jimmy Fallon from his living room or Saturday Night Live from their home is that there's just this tremendous forgiveness for production value right now, which is y'all know I'm stuck in my house as much as you are. And it's not about having the credits and the camera and the right lighting and a B roll. It's just about honest cooking. And also in real time, like I think I publish a new video every week on all on, on Facebook, on YouTube, on IGTV, but they're all pre done. Like they're all edited and, you know, sharp little three minute packages and this is live. This is just like being in class, you know, I, I, where you're going to see the good and the bad and you're going to see how I do things from go, not just, you know, extremely edited. It'll be pretty relaxed. And I think that for a lot of people right now, we just want to feel connected to other people and know that other people are out there and know that they're going through the same thing and know that they're not on a super yacht like you know, I, I'm crossing my fingers it doesn't rain because I don't have a great rain cover out in my yard. And if it doesn't, well, hell, I'll be out in the rain just like y'all. You know, like, it, it's just real. Jess Pryles joining me here on the show talking about the live cook-along that she's going to be doing this coming Saturday. So hit up her YouTube page. Make sure that you are getting all the reminders to subscribe while you're there, too, as well. As she mentioned, she's putting out videos once a week. What are you cooking this weekend and what are we drinking this weekend? We are drinking, well, we should, I see my brain goes straight to drinking these days. Um, we're cooking carne asada tacos. And the reason is because you can use cooked steak, steak, so it's not like you have to get this type of steak. It's just, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty open. Um, it'll be nice and easy to quick uh, to cook. And I've given a recipe for what I call my jalapeno crack sauce for people to make in advance. Mm. Um, so that's what we're cooking, and then I, I'm, I'm going to eventually end up with a barbecue wife margarita because it's still like 85 degrees or 90 degrees, I think, on Saturday here in Texas. But uh, I'm starting with the new Lone Star having a brand-new beer out called Rio Jade. But not that. that might be another Barbecue Central exclusive because oh. they haven't formally really announced it yet. Hey, how about Next that? Thank you, ma'am. That's very Thank nice you. of you. You bet you got it. Um, so it's a Mexican style lager. And then, you know, whatever anyone at home wants to drink, just raise it up to the camera. We'll cheers it and we'll have a great time. Now, you're not going to take the drink and like tap it against the phone, right? Because that's like the lamest shit ever. Oh, no, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And what? then I'm going to dedicate it to you. Hell no. Oh, my God. I hate when people. Never mind. We'll talk about that. Are you going to be on there trolling me? Come on. Yes, of course I'm going to be on there trolling you. Are you kidding me? It's my favorite part. When I see there's there's like a very few select people that I see go live, I'm like, okay, I'm in, and how can I possibly troll in the nicest way possible? So I'll be there for uh -huh. sure. Yeah, and plus I love carne asada tacos. Uh, the girls love carne asada tacos. Uh, I don't drink anymore, so I'll be. I, although I did get a box of some kind of 
what the hell is it called? Curious Elixir or some shit. Uh, so it's non-alcoholic, but it's supposed to be real uh, uh, highbrow mocktail kind of stuff. So uh, all the Ooh, stuff that might be a cocktail. Yeah, so we'll see how that. So maybe I'll drink one of those as you guys are enjoying your uh, barbecue wife margaritas. Um, all right, so this is uh, 5 Central, correct? So that would be 6 Eastern. Correct. All right, so we'll look forward to that on Saturday. Now, the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about this evening is a couple weeks ago, you posted one of these schmancy videos about your thoughts on resting meat. A number of years ago, I had a second Tuesday of the month regular visit with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com, and he went and expounded on his reasons about uh, not or resting meat. And I wanted to have you on since you did the video, and it's kind of uh, sparked a resurgence of the topic, and get uh, just some high-level thoughts on uh, why you like to rest, uh, if you're resting for a specific period of time, uh, when you're resting something that is uh, this thick or that thick, does it correspond with rest? And then we'll start digging into uh, some more specifics from there. But what do you think about resting? I mean, I'm I'm very pro resting. Um, you know, from a from a from a meat science perspective, it allows time for the muscle fibers to basically reseparate after the trauma of heat being applied, which creates room in between the fibers, which allows the moisture to redistribute. It's not that it's returning on a cellular level; it's just redistributing. Um, that's that's the theory behind how it works. Um, the hallmark of modern Central Texas brisket is the rest. It's that extended, like, allowing the temperature to come down, and then that extended hold. That's what Mr. Franklin perfected. For a steak, particularly, you know, kind of, I guess my signature dish is like a, a smoked tri-tip with the hardcore black because it smokes in about an hour. Mm. There is, I mean, I've served that dish to you know, 3,000 Australians of Beef Australia where it's been held in a cooler for four hours um, because it just holds that well at a safe temperature. But there is a marked, marked difference between the meat when it's rested and non-rested in terms of texture. And I notice it with steaks as well, um, tremendously. Uh, and it's, it's enough to the point where it's not a fluke. It's my opinion as someone who has cooked a dang lot of meat in my lifetime. Um, and, I, and I think that it changes the texture uh, of the finished dish, too. So I'm a huge fan of it. And I know that Meathead uh, disagrees and that he's published um, his opinions and also Dr. Blonder's findings on this. And I kind of referenced this when I posted the video because I've got a tremendous amount of respect for Meathead and what he does. And... I was kind of waiting to be pilloried by his uh, loyal followers. And I just sort of explained, you know, that the experiments, even that Dr. Blonder conducts are not really done in lab standard conditions. And they're probably not done with a big enough sample to be considered a formal experiment. It's just a kind of educated um, opinion, I guess. So, and, and same with the stuff that I do on my videos. So for example, you know, what kind of scales is he using? You know, is he using a sample size that's big enough? Um, uh, is the scale microscopic enough to measure the juices to that extent? Um, and, and so it kind of just becomes like two professionals entitled to their differing opinions. Cause unless 
both of us are going to repeat an experiment under university lab conditions over and over to garner kind of irrefutable data. And even in that case, some university and, and, you know, uh, formal findings can often be refuted by uh, different tests and uh, different experiments. Until that happens, it's just going to have to be a a respectfully agree to disagree thing. Well, I think here's what's important to note, and it's this. There is no, and from Meathead's admission uh, two weeks ago as well, uh, there is no definitive scientific study that has been done on resting meat yet. He attempted to commission Texas Tech at one point to the tune of 50 grand. Uh, the science department or whoever would be in charge of that evidently didn't have enough graduate assistance or enough interest or both to put that to the test or experiment to produce some kind of scientific finding. So to Meathead's own admission, it's merely his opinion that resting a steak for only a few minutes is something that he would prefer versus taking the same kind of steak and resting it for five or ten, or let's say a a defined period of time. So for instance, uh, Jess, if you were cooking a steak that's an inch and a quarter thick, do you then look at that and say, okay, because it is this and that, I'm going to rest for X period of time and I will do that every time? Or is it just from the grill to the table, collecting some sides and whatever time has transpired is okay to you? Yeah, I don't set a timer, um, and it's definitely proportionate to the cook time. So barbecue gets an extended kind of rest in, in a sort of heated cooler, so a makeshift hot box. Um, but for steak, yeah, I mean, I I don't I just do that loose foil, and as you mentioned, just kind of get a few other bits and pieces together. But I know the longer that I'm patient, the better the result. So I try and you know push myself and slap my husband's hand away from. <laughs> Sneaking bits of steak and all that kind of stuff. Right. But I'll tell you something interesting, and I should—I I forgot completely to mention this, but it's an interesting note regarding even when you do commission a study. So I had a really interesting exchange with the professor at K State who was behind the Umai dry bag uh, studies, because mm-hmm. that's one of their big thing. These dry aging bags that they're like, but look, but look, here's the university study, and. Um, I like to not take things on face value and I reached out to him directly and just asked him a couple of questions and he was a wonderful human being. He was super kind to answer them. And one of the questions that I asked him based on my experience, which wasn't with the Umai brand, was that the meat that I had in that bag smelled very much like like domestic refrigerator. And I said, Mm. well, in your findings when you found all this stuff, did you actually conduct your experiment in a domestic refrigerator that was being that had other food in it that was being used by other people that was constantly being opened and closed, mm-hmm. or did you do it in a large commercial refrigerator with an aggressive fan? What do you think the answer was? The second one. Right. So how would he possibly know <laughs> from that finding what the impact of other fridge content is going to have on the flavor? Mm-hmm. Indeed. It's not going to be in that finding, so the more you know. Uh, just two quick questions before I let you go tonight, and I appreciate the time. Aside from anything barbecue-related, what's your favorite podcast to listen to? Uh, uh, Mike Rowe. Oh, yeah. I love Mike Rowe. Great voice, right? too, by the He's way. He's got yeah. such a soothing voice. I know. He's like so America's good. fun uncle. He's the only guy that can turn dangerous 
life-threatening fishing for crab into like really nice and soothing kind of stuff. Uh, secondly, yeah. and perhaps more importantly, what's the best Allison Chain song with Lane Staley? Oh my God, uh, Man in the Box, hundred percent. Oh, like- so close. Get that big stuff of course, <laughs> we do know it's Damn That River. I mean, of course, it's damn. Ah, no, you're so wrong right now. God. <laughs> now, here's the harder question. Here's the harder yeah. question. Best Allison Chain song without Lane Staley. Um, that's the trick question, Rempy. There no. isn't one. R- what? Come on. You, you're not going to give William a shot? You don't like Allison Chains without no. Lane? No, I've seen him live twice, and yeah. he and I, the reason I like him, with no disrespect to the man, because I've never actually met him, is that he sounds <laughs> enough like Lane that I can go and see them in concert and yeah. and be satisfied. Right. Well, mine is your decision. I think that's kind of a, a heart wrenching song for some reason. You don't like that song? Well, there you uh-huh. go. You know, it's like how you stopped listening to Metallica after Black Album. I stopped listening Damn, after right. Lane. Yeah. Did you come back for Hardwired though, or did you eject? Or did you never no, leave? Because I tried to get into Cantrell's like solo album, and then I was like, "Oh, what is this?" And I just, I got burned, man. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, look, forget about all this nonsense. Go and check out Jess Priles on her websites, JessPriles.com and HardcoreCarnivore.com. But most importantly, make sure you get over to YouTube on this coming Saturday, five Central, six Eastern, and cook along with Jess as we make some great carne asada tacos. Have some. Uh, great adult beverages like margaritas from Barbecue Wife and all the other good stuff. Just always appreciate the time. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate you. You got it. There she is, Jess Priles, right there on this show. And we're just a little late, but I don't see Derek in the green room right now. So I guess we're okay at the moment. Derek, if you're watching, get in the green room. Use the link. Away. Do I not have my email up somewhere? I'm just, Derek's very smart. I'm sure he'll be on here in just a second. All right, thanks again to Jess Priles for coming on. Don't forget, Cook Along with Jess is coming Saturday. That's right. Maybe... You have a barbecue guru. You can probably use that this coming Saturday. They've always believed that outdoor cooking should be easy and fun because it can be. They have a couple different cookers for you to choose from, a monolith and a shotgun cooker. And they have two new control devices now ready to ship to you, the Dyna-Q and the uh, Ultra-Q. That's right. Hey, there he is. Derek Rich is in the green room. So if you want to have something that was more akin to the party queue, which was like the easiest point of entry into automatic pit temperature control devices, the Dyna queue is the one that you're going to want to check out. Now, if you want the one that's replacing that cyber queue, the ultra queue is the version that you're going to want to check out. Now, if you have a monolith, uh, a monolith grill that the barbecue guru makes, that has a built-in power draft fan. So you just hook in whatever controller you get right to the fan and the monolith and away you go shotgun cooker accommodates all the barbecue guru temperature control devices as well so you're all locked and loaded if you have any questions give them a call 800-288-GURU or 
you can visit bbqguru.com. We're back with Derek Riches right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com. If you have a pellet-fired cooker, you're going to want to try CookinPellets.com. You don't like CookinPellets.com's website to buy off of? Buy off of Amazon.com. For crying out loud, why not? Hey, it's the fourth Tuesday of the month. You know what that means. We have to go to the affectionately referred to bristly barbecue journalist, Derek Riches from DerekRiches.com. Hey, Derek. Hey, Greg. How are I you? Guess the question is, can you hear me? Uh, I, well, I'm I, good. I, I I'm can good. hear you. That's the good news. Is uh, the volume is good? Yeah. Do I, I mean I don't want to immediately go into the weeds, but was it like a simple fix, or did you have to break everything down to get to the microphone? <laughs> I just had to go through and remove everything the computer thought was a microphone, and then put this one back in. So, yeah. yeah. You know, <clears throat> well, plenty of microphones that weren't microphones, and the real microphone. Now we're all. Locked and loaded and ready to go. Uh, we're talking with Derek Riches from DerekRiches.com. All right, Derek, so uh, let me ask you, since it was kind of the hot topic here over the last couple of weeks, uh, resting steak when it's done, are you a fan of resting steak? And if so, are you doing it for a designated period of time, or is it just from when you get it to the grill, collect sides, and get everything to the table? I don't set a timer. Uh, I do rest. I believe in resting. I think it's uh, my experience is it it improves the quality. So I do rest. Uh, But, you know, depending upon the thickness, if it's a steak over an inch, then I'm going to be more conscious of the amount of time. If it's under, you know, it's an inch or under, then, yeah, the time it takes me to get it in and get stuff set up is pretty much my resting time. So, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I rest meat. All right. Uh, Derek, also, uh, the last couple visits, we learned about that Master Build Gravity Fed. We had talked a little bit more about it last month. Uh, have you had any occasion to know a little bit more about it or hear anything further? I did have the owners on a couple weeks ago, and uh, obviously they're very happy with the Master Built uh, Gravity Fed and the way it's operating. They also have a bigger version coming out here very soon uh what do you know about it uh the yeah the the 1050 is kind of sort of out all right uh some people have been able to get it it's been pretty spotty so far uh you got to kind of watch for it but that is kind of going out uh that's kind of the one i've been looking for because i like the size on it um so i've been kind of holding off for that one uh but i haven't had a chance to get out and find it largely because i'm still getting used to the roads here um but uh yeah i've i've had contact from the the pr team at behind master built mm-hmm. i mean master build is now kind of master built kamado joe and smoke hollow are all kind of in the same company now so they have a big pr firm and they keep they've been sending me uh I, corrections they really want a very positive spin on everything and 
while I think it's a it's a good product, it's a good grill, it's still got kind of some of the master built issues or some lightweightness to it. There's problems with some of the paint. Um, and they're really emphatic about, you know, that it will hold a steady 150 cooking temperature, which I haven't been able to see. I mean, in the one unit I got to play with, I couldn't get it there. And a lot of people have kind of, kind of agreed with me that, that the, atmospheric conditions have to be kind of ideal to get down to those temperatures before it'll kind of flame out. So, uh, so I've been kind of politely not agreeing with what the PR people are saying at this point. Do we care if it can really hold a 150 temperature before it snuffs itself out? I mean, I don't know a lot of people that are doing yeah. anything at that temperature unless i mean it's it's still a little too warm for a cold smoke so why bother yeah I, and i agree with you completely and and i kind of said that it's bottom temperature it bottom stable temperature is closer to about 200 to 220 and i wouldn't make an issue of it if mm -hmm. they didn't keep sending me emails <laughs> saying they want to make an issue of so it. Do At you, that point, I started getting, okay. Do you take it upon you yourself? Play? Do you take it upon yourself to say, hey, uh, here's my biggest criticism. I think at 200 or 225, we have no issues, and then going up. But why are you continuing to harbor on 150 when you have an issue? Let's get off of that. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, when I've talked about the product before, I said, you know, well, it's kind of some lightweight bit. There's some packaging issues it's kind of flimsy in certain parts they don't have they're not taking any issue with that you know to kind of say it's got some cheap build to it some of the parts are not you know as strong as they should be or the metal is not as great as it should be they don't they don't they're not going to argue that point but the the 150 cooking temperature that's boy that's something mm. that they really want to <laughs> So I think it's just kind of funny. So I'll just continue to play with them on that one for as long as they want to go. All right. Derek Riches from DerekRiches.com joining me here on the show. By the way, you had uh, just referenced that we congratulate you on the trek from Salt Lake City, Utah, to a barbecue mecca, uh, Austin, Texas. Well, Texas, its own barbecue mecca, but of course, Austin, a, a super hyper mecca because of all the great barbecue that's down there. How was that move? And you did it in the midst of coronavirus not planned by the way it just so happens you were that lucky no yeah uh <laughs> we had sold our house before this whole thing came up and we had some time to to kind of plan the move and then all this happened and uh, like every plan we had fell apart and we had to kind of reorganize the entire move getting everything here and then you know it's like oh great i just landed in austin texas and everything's closed yeah so you know it's fun is so the move for fun. is the move for work like did you being a a barbecue guy is it better for you to be there or you just wanted to change out of uh, salt lake and go to austin or and deal with bad traffic or what <laughs> yeah well you know we, we we my wife and i we've talked about moving for for um well over a year and we spent a lot of time kind of like where do we go where do we go where to go and we kind of settled and saying you know austin would be really cool it'd be a lot of fun to, to move to austin so that's all there is to it there's you know it's not like 
you know, moving here because I have a job here. It's, but it, you know, it does facilitate kind of being involved in the barbecue community a little bit better. Puts me a little more centrally located to things and uh, I can get out and do more road trips when things are open. Do I smell any like a team barbecue journalism with you and Daniel Vaughn or are you more lone wolfy? Yeah, I haven't spoken to Daniel. So, um, well, you know, I thought it's like, great. Well, when I get down here, you know, we'll make, I'll I'll contact him, make some plans. We'll go out somewhere. We'll we'll hit some barbecue joints, maybe, you know, see if he's interested. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of planning on that in the next uh, little while here as things start to open up again. Um, but I don't know that, you know, I don't think Daniel knows I'm here. So, well, I bet he does now on him. No doubt. He's a big fan of the show. So I'm sure he's uh, widely aware now. Um, one of the other things I wanted to ask you about so cooker wise, yeah, call Derek Daniel. Come on, I mean, quit sandbagging. Let's go. Uh, have you heard any rumors about Pit Barrel making a uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of fifty gallon uh, drum model versus the thirty that they have yeah, currently, and a, then a smaller uh, Pit Barrel Junior? Yeah, they got the Junior out. Um, the yeah, it's a fifty-five gallon uh, Pit Barrel. Uh, it's been designed for competition and. Uh, I talked with uh, Amber yep. yeah, about it a couple of months ago, and um, I haven't talked to Noah about it. Um, supposedly, May, June-ish was the last I had heard on its availability, but I haven't had a chance to check back and kind of firm that up. I haven't seen that anything's you know being said about it yet, but uh, yeah, it looks interesting. I mean, it's an interesting idea. See how that does on kind of the competition circuit. Uh, I, I think there's a, you know, it certainly could get some good press that way. Derek Riches from DerekRiches.com joining me here on the show. Uh, Derek, let's talk about a uh, item that I just seen on the news here over the last 36 hours, which is a forecasted meat shortage that is predicted to hit by the week's end. Uh, what do you know about it? And are you at all worried about that? <clears throat> Well, you know, this is changing very rapidly. We now have word that an executive order uh, should come from the White House tonight or tomorrow, basically stating that the meat processing facilities are will be considered um, vital to American trade and it will kind of eliminate liability issues from the meat packers should their employees get sick while working. So that's kind of weird that way. <laughs> um, but the idea is to try and force these companies to reopen the facilities. I don't know how that works. I don't know how you can go to Tyson and say, yeah, a lot of the employees at this facility got sick. Uh, you have been asked to make a lot of changes to where you operate. Uh, but you have to open now. And I, I, I don't know how that's going to work out. You know, I mean, going, this is being sent specifically at Tyson and Smithfield and some of the big, you know, uh, meat processing facilities. So I don't know how that's going to go. I know that, you know, they've been in the process of trying to get the, um, the, the staff in place. You know, they've had to bring in new people to 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 work in these facilities because they have a large pop large group of people who are kind of out sick for extended periods of time Mm -hmm. as well as make the changes that usda wanted and uh, osha wanted from them so yeah 
uh, you know, at this point, I think pork production is down 25% because of the processing. It's, chicken is down about 10, chicken and beef are down about 10% at this point. Uh, those facilities should be up and running in a couple of weeks, but now the problem of it is, is it's literally headline news everywhere. I mean, it's all over the media and that means, um, people are out buying meat. I've been looking at forums on Facebook and stuff like that. And people are like, yeah, I put in a, you know, $400 order at Sam's club. I'm picking <laughs> it up in the morning. And I was talking with a guy I know, um, who, is in, uh, you know, has works in online retail selling appliances. And he says that there's been a spike in people buying deep freezes mm -hmm. in the last day. And it's like, okay, great. So people are planning to hoard meat. Yeah. Meat and is so, going to be the new you know, toilet paper, right? Yeah. It's what I'm afraid of. I mean, the truth of the matter is, is that the livestock are there getting them to, you know, getting them to slaughterhouses, getting it processed, getting it to stores, that's where the problem is. And since there's that tie up right now, um, you know, it, there's a lot of livestock just kind of sitting waiting and they're going to start calling that because they simply don't have the feed to kind of keep that stock in place. So, uh, yeah, I, and, it, you know, and, and another thing, uh, I was looking through some forums and was talking with some people in uh, a number of barbecue joints down this way, and they're already talking about the fact that they're hearing uh, prices going up. So, that you know, the governor of Texas has said, you know, you can start opening up your restaurants under a limited basis. Right. And now they're being told by their suppliers that the prices are shooting up. So, so not only you know, can you like not have as many people in, we're going to also raise your meat costs uh, and tell you you can't have as many people in as you once were able to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, how you know we're going to have two weeks down here of twenty five percent restaurant capacity, and I don't know how you run a restaurant when you're limited to a quarter of your customer base. I mean, it you lose money on that. So anyway, and if prices are going to go up. You're really kind of getting the short end of the stick there. Uh, do you have any thoughts on how you think this will work out here over the next handful of weeks? Uh, do you think that at all? I have read some of this on the Internet, and I believe about nothing on the Internet, but I've seen uh, yeah. a handful of folks post that technically this is really just a conspiracy by the meat producers or the meat processors in a way to jam everybody up so they can get more money. Well, there's there's certainly something to be said for that, um, because basically, you know, some of the these huge corporations are basically coming back and saying, oh, well, we don't have the capacity to process the meat right now. So there's going to be, you know, huge shortages and prices are going to skyrocket. And it's like if prices skyrocket, you're making so much more money. It's like, why are you know, why mm -hmm. are you? pretending to be upset by this you know it's not like you know it's like the oil companies coming back and going boy the price of gas just shot through the roof that's awful isn't yeah, it no doubt it's like no not for you it isn't everyone else it is so i don't know i, I mean i'm kind of hoping that you know some of some more of this comes to light but you know i literally the last two months it you have to wake up to a new world every day as it is and this is just another new thing 
We'll keep track of it, of course. Uh, make sure you're reading Derek Rich's stuff at DerekRiches.com. Always posting great items. Follow him on social media as well. Derek, always appreciate the time, and we will look for you again next month. Yeah, thank you. See right. you in a month. You got it. There he is, Derek Riches from DerekRiches.com. And that is a thing, right? Remember, here's... Here's the best part of the meat shortage that we're going to be coming into, maybe, if you're not a conspiracy theorist. Technically, we didn't even need toilet paper either, but we, I can't, trust me, I don't mean what I'm about to say in any other way than in a very realistic sense. We don't need meat. There's plenty of other things to eat. Fish. Pasta. Berries. Berries on your hood. Plenty of other stuff. Salad. We can make it through this point. Just like we could have made it through without buying eight cases of toilet paper when you go to the store. Don't get jammed up on meat prices. Because the processors are either trying to jam us up. Or there really is going to be a shortage and prices are just going to jack up because supply will not be nearly as good as demand. The prices are going to go up. When the demand is there, prices will go up. You don't need it to survive. All right, we're back to wrap the first hour. Stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant at home, you're in luck because Fireboard fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232 for more info. We thank Derek Riches again. For joining us and talking about what's happening in the world of the news and live fire. Just give me one second. That's a little better. You can find Derek on the fourth Tuesday of the month, 935 segment. What about you guys in the chat room, Facebook too? You guys worried about the impending meat shortage that is going to be showing up by the end of this week, potentially? I put in my call to Kevin Green over at the butcher shop in Pensacola, Florida. I said, send me half a ton of your finest prime beef. He's like, we'll get the reefer truck loaded up and ship it your way. (laughs) Not really. But I would, I would make the, the call if I thought it would benefit. It's not going to benefit.
All right, we are wrapping the first hour. We thank, again, Jess Priles, HardcoreCarnivore.com. Make sure you're checking her out this coming Saturday, and you can cook along with her, and that's fun. Just go to YouTube and make sure that you're signed up for her new shot. Get the reminders and the subscribe while you're there. Make carne asada tacos, drink margaritas. Should be fun. I'll be there hanging out. We'll be right back. Stick around.